Hey everybody, welcome to Too Busy to Flush. I'm JR. And I'm Molly. And today is a little Wednesday. It's a little bit later than we usually do the show. Um, yesterday something happened. What was I working on? Oh, I went to Bozeman for the day. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. My name is JR. I'm Molly. And we, we have... did that part. Did we? I think so. Okay. I threw myself I threw myself off and there you go. Um, we are if this is your first time joining us on the podcast, thank you for being here. Thank you for giving us your time and your ears for a little bit. We hope you enjoy what we have to talk about. And what we talk about, we I don't really know. Um, Molly usually throws something at me. Uh, that that show. And that's what we talk about. It it varies. We homeschool four kids. Well, Molly does most of the homeschooling. Um, ages eleven, nine, seven, and three. And um, <clears throat> we live in Montana, and we do all the Montana e things. So that said, yes, I was in Bozeman yesterday because I'm at the point where I can trim out the van, and I bought a bunch of walnut, and it needed to be planed. And my buddy Adam Bozeman, who's a craftsman, has a really nice planer, so I took it out to his place to plane it yesterday. It took a two-hour drive. It took. Yes, it was cheaper. Driving out there and coming back was cheaper than paying the, the outfit to have it here, and I could have it done a lot quicker. Um, and it took a lot longer to plane it than I was expecting. I didn't think I had that much, but it still took about an hour and a half. So, hmm. um, <clears throat> so yeah, I didn't get home in time to even help out with judo. So we're doing the show now. And it's late today, even, because guess what, guys? I got the hydronic system up and running in the van. And if you're not familiar with the hydronic system, it is a closed-loop coolant system run by a diesel-fired heater, and um, it heats a water exchanger and air exchangers, and that's how we heat the inside of the van, and we'll have instant hot water, and it's amazing. That said, what a routine. Any of the guys work on cars, you know that changing out fuel lines and you know adapting is typically fairly routine. Well, in this case, it wasn't routine, and I was, by the end of an hour I was covered in diesel for something that should have been taken like five minutes but <clears throat> such is life guess what I can smell the diesel fuel still I might be imagining it now but I feel like I can smell it but I could smell it on you earlier which I means am, yeah so big time you could smell it on me earlier well for no, sure no, no, no. I took a shower let's <laughs> let's change the emphasis I could mm. smell it I have been COVID a little knows. bit more deliberate over the last... I think I mentioned the supplement PQQ. I ate up all of the kiwi fruit that I had and haven't <clears> bought <throat> more and haven't bought that supplement. But I continue taking zinc and NAC and vitamin A and I could smell diesel fuel. I couldn't smell our mudroom where purportedly there was some pretty nasty kitty, kitty litter episodes going on earlier today or yesterday but i'm i'm actually kind of okay with not being able to that, smell that. cat can but drop I, some bombs i you guys. feel like i could smell a poopy diaper on a baby at judo yesterday so i mean i'm hopefully i haven't tested the full range of smells hopefully the the real problem comes have you guys heard about the family that had covid nose and their house almost burned down, and their two-year-old woke everybody up and got them out because they didn't have a smoke alarm. Their smoke alarms weren't going off, and nobody could wow. smell the smoke. I've also heard of somebody who has 
an air doctor, which is a a air quality sensing air purifier that it and it tests it it adjusts how fast it's filtering air depending on what the air quality is and even like making pancakes this morning you know I use real butter and it has a high or low smoke point and so it kicks off a lot of smoke while I'm cooking the pancakes and the air doctor kicks into high gear for half an hour 45 minutes after I start making pancakes, well, the air doctor kicked into high gear and this mom was like, what's going on? And it turned out their attic had a fire in it. Wow. So speaking anyway, of air doctors, ours is showing we need a carbon filter change. Apparently. I just saw that. I feel my way like down we here. just changed that. I just changed the HIPAA filter. Oh. HIPAA. 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 HIPAA is privacy. HIPAA is the privacy medical. Medical privacy that no longer (laughs) exists in America. (laughs) We gotta know all your business. Let's talk about You guys, just, I'm just gonna throw this out there as, like, people are weird and hard. JR and I were sitting on the patio of the beer stube at the ski area at the close of the day, and we had an acquaintance who goes to our church who was sitting there with his kid, young kid, and two acquaintances of his that he introduced us to and we sat down and I don't know they were talking about all the things and then one of the guys who seemed a little rough around the edges goes you guys vaccinated and I was like I am just gonna stare up the hill I normally as you guys know I'm not shy about my opinions but it was so wild I just and, was like, I'm yeah. just not even going to acknowledge and, this. And so our, my buddy was sitting there was like, um, you know, I believe that decision should be should be a private decision that each individual should make. And so that's, you know, and that's all yeah. he said. It was no, he didn't know he didn't. He said, he I, am, said I, I am vaccinated, yeah. but like, I think but it's a people private should decision. be people should be free to make their own. Which choice. I thought was a great, a great response <laughs> yeah. from him. And then he, in the meantime, just goes off and rails against it. It was hilarious. Like, I like this guy. Yeah, it was it's really, it's just a really funny thing. Like, I just met you, and are you vaccinated? <laughs> anyway, people are weird and hard. I feel like I've had a couple of other people are weird and hard like, moments I, this I, week. Like, I, I wanted to be, every time somebody is, like, asks me randomly, so uh, you're vaccinated, right? Do you have an STD? Yeah. Have How'd you, you get Have it? you had a vasectomy? <laughs> have, have you had your uterus taken out? Have you had a hysterectomy? <laughs> Anyway, so not not HIPAA, which is medical privacy, but HEPA, which is an air purifier. Yeah. We um, we need to replace that on our. We just replaced that on our air doctor. But yeah, they certainly get you on the proprietary air filters after you make the initial investment on this air purifying thing. It seems to. I don't know if there's any sort of seat of the pants experience with the air doctor, but. Um, I feel like we've been, even in COVID season, we've had a lot less sickness in the house in I, the last year and a you half. You know, we've, we've been sick less this year than we were last year. And I don't year. really, I mean, I'm For not sure. really There's feeling so stuffy. I'm not really feeling, I don't really feel like I'm not congested nearly as much. And I don't know how much of that is the air quality and how much of that is, I mean, I really haven't changed my diet. It's so it's life. really not diet stuff. Um. Maybe I'm gonna, I'm I've changed your there. diet and you haven't noticed it. You're feeding me less dairy? Actually, I am feeding us less dairy because when I'm doing my weekly meal planning, I very consciously, I would like to get us through the month on one of those Costco big blocks of cheese. I think they're five pounds. I can't because I went nuts after the, our last Costco trip and used like half of it in 
the, the first week. I used we like had a it. quarter stick of Kerrygold and some popcorn the other night with when Ty and Marsha were over. And Kerrygold it was awesome. is technically <sighs> dairy, but high quality butter doesn't hit your body yeah. like processed milk does. So, but we have I have been trying to have only one or two meals a week like tacos or chili that require cheese because I'm trying to stretch that really expensive block of cheese. So here's my recommendation for anybody, uh, my medical advice, and this is coming from a volunteer medical professional. I do ski patrol. (laughs) And also um, corroborated by my uh, buddy who's a paramedic. Um, my, my recommendation for anybody that thinks, thinks they might be getting sick, go to sleep and drink lots of water. It's all you do. Do that until you get well and you'll be fine. That's, that's my recommendation. It's actually, he actually has, my buddy who's a paramedic actually has a term for it. He said like 90% of the people we bring in just need rest and water, but he has another like sort of snarky term for what that is. Um, but yeah, that's just rest and water. Like there's yeah. like when I took uh, my sister to the emergency room a couple months back, everybody who was in there, I was like, "You people don't need to be here. These, none of you guys are in an emergency situation right now. You all need to go home and go to bed." So here's so there's I have had conversations with another mom of four who is she's probably about ten years older than I am, and her kids are. I'm spitballing her oldest. Their dog died last week. Some of you might end up knowing who I'm talking about. They got their dog for their son's, now I can't remember what birthday, 15th birthday or something, and the dog died at age 12. And I was like, wait a second, that means that your son that I think of as just graduating from high school is 27? She's like, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's her oldest and her youngest is a senior in high school. And oh, I know she, this family. Took me a minute to figure out She was saying that... This is years ago, maybe when our Titus was just little, but but this part of the loss of generations of nuclear families living in close contact with each other is the loss of, for lack of a better word, just traditional medical wisdom. And also in our highly medicalized world, this is not at all where I thought we were going today, but super medicalized world, the addiction we have to hospitals and medical stuff. Right. And the the distrust of instinct and um, Molly just knocked all her books. She got so animated. She's like, let me tell you arms up in the air. She splashed coffee all over the curtains. This isn't coffee. This is hot chocolate. I'm going to share this in a minute too. Okay. Um, The... Hang on, she'll be up in a minute. Yeah, you guys, you guys can't hear me. Well. I can't. Now reach you can hear that me. She well. knocked over either. Okay, even though you guys, Jay, are so much taller than me, and his arms are so much longer, I call them go-go gadget arms. So, so this friend was just saying, you know, in the olden days, you used to not even ha- be like have to call your mom to say my kid has this symptom. What's wrong with my kid? And the mom would be like, put him in a bath with baking soda or some oatmeal and they'll be fine. Or give him X, Y, or Z. You lived with mom. That was a big one. One, 30, 11, 30. Let me. You lived with mom or close enough to mom that you had just absorbed her wisdom. And as she's watching what's going on with young kids she's helping take care of the baby she knows for example here's another example of that before breastfeeding was 
this taboo thing to do in public and it swung in the other direction, but not necessarily in a healthy way. Cause now women will just pull it all out and sit in public and nurse, not discreetly at all, but to the joy of every, uh, to the joy of every teenage boy in America. Well, sort of, which is kind of weird. I realize that boobs are boobs, but it's, <laughs> is it really that sexual to be watching a baby nurse? No, but when you're a 15 year old kid, who's You'll never take really anything seen you boobs, can get. you can take anything okay. you can get. So, so anyway, women lost the innate knowledge of what it looks like to, mm-hmm. Go ahead. to, sorry, Jared's taking a selfie and I can't, I can't multitask. What? I have to smile for a selfie. <laughs> Because he's going to take a picture of trying me. Trying to hold it. I'm trying to put this on Telegram, and I'll give you guys the Telegram group. But trying to hold it with one hand. Because <laughs> it's an iPad, not a phone. Is, uh, is hard. There we go. I think I got it. Okay. But All right. You can sorry. Use... <clears throat> Back to the show. This oh, is what we goodness. do on the show, you guys. It's you're probably, usually more coherent than you this. You new people will probably be like, oh my gosh, you're terrible. Um, so anyway, we used to not to have to have lactation specialists because most women inherently knew what you needed to do in order to nurse a baby because they had been seen babies being nursed in public for their whole lives. And now you, and I am included in this, you have to have the nurse teaching you your baby what your baby's cues are and how your baby should be trained to breastfeed and come to find out years down the road for me anyway babies have instincts to nurse and to move towards their mom's breasts and nurse almost immediately so a baby who is newborn obviously can't crawl will inch up mom's chest if you just lay baby on top of mom in order to get close to nursing it's just an instinct that they have so anyway the highly medicalized world that we have, it's, I love the fact that we can call Ask a Nurse. I love the fact that we can Google things on our own. And I am all about Googling things all the time. I would know, I, I wish that medical personnel didn't denigrate Dr. Google, even though, yeah, sometimes it makes you feel like everything Let's try is to stop cancer. using the word Google. Sorry, DuckDuckGo, web search. Sorry. It's like Kleenex. Stop calling me, Ty. My buddy Ty is trying to call me, and I can't turn this on. Do not disturb. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Random show. Super random. Maybe we should switch topics. Anyway, I think that a mother's instinct... Unfortunately, I see a lot of things saying, moms, trust your instinct with regards to your kids, but I think that our instincts have been dulled by how medicalized our world is, and so... We almost have to create this whole big culture of what is your instinct telling you before we can tell moms to trust mm. their instinct with regards to their kids' health or to their own health or their husband's health. Now, didn't you recently hear about a doctor who um, encouraged mom to, like, he deferred to mom in the medical world rather than tell her she's There's crazy. a dog here in our... A dog. A doctor. <laughs> dog. There's a doctor here in our community that this gal that I, I've met her, I think once in person and then started following her on Instagram. And she was posting about how her son, I don't know if he was having chest issues or sinus issues or what, but she asked him about a a holistic naturopathic sort of treatment that she was giving. And the doctor 
was like, I think that's fantastic. You should totally keep trying that before we take the route of antibiotics or steroids. Mm. Keep trying it because it seems, based on everything I understand about this treatment, it makes a lot of sense. And it's a way better route to go if we can do that rather than steroids or any other more chemical treatments that that might be... And she had posted that she really appreciated. And the doctor... She posted a picture of the doctor showing her early teenage son a picture of his lungs and the connection between his breathing and his lungs. And she was like, what doctor sits down and explains physiology to your kid instead of just trying to get them out of the door? And we probably have medical personnel listening to us being angry right now. But we... we I love our medical professionals. I appreciate each and every one of them. And I super value when their expertise is needed. Uh But they're not gods. Stop trying to be God. Well, I don't think... I I think (laughs) some of them for sure. I think Dr. Fauci would be in this realm. Oh my gosh. You know, if you criticize me, you're criticizing science. Well, first of all, science is a lowercase s, not a a capital S. But secondly... (laughs) You're not infallible. That's the whole point of what science is. And I think for the most part with our crowd, we're preaching to the choir. But I think that your, at least one of your parents and at least one of my parents would be dead if it weren't for modern medicine mm-hmm. right now. Yep. <laughs> and I, so I obviously appreciate that. But I think that even some doctors get badgered into doing things that they don't think are helpful because they feel like they have to let someone feel like there's value to a visit. And well, I appreciated my knee surgeon. I didn't, I was kind of skeptical at first because I felt somewhat like he wanted to just jump the gun right to surgery right away, but I also recognized I couldn't move my knee. He's like, You won't be able to move. He was doing exploratory surgery. Well, I couldn't move. The meniscus was blocking full movement of my knee. And so he said, I need to take that out anyway. So we'll look and see what else is in there. And if he asked me before I went in, you know, do you want to repair your ACL if I'm in there? And I already No, had... he didn't know that your ACL was no, damaged. No, he didn't. He said, if, it was, if it's damaged, I don't mm-hmm. think it is, but if it's damaged, do you want me to repair it? And I said, We had yeah. to sign paperwork to that. Yeah, so. go ahead and do that because I'm knocked out, right? And um, the other knee had a perfectly good ACL, but the second time around, and, you know... We talked about it and... No, your other knee didn't have an ACL at all. Oh, that's right. You didn't know that at the time. So I didn't know that at the time, but after the MRI, I'd been running around on it for... Not running around literally, but, you know, moving around on it for like four months at that point. And when I had the MRI done, he's like, I don't see one in there. And so he's like, what do you want to do? And I said, man, I don't know. Um, And then I asked him how he felt if I just tried physical therapy. And I was like you know, surgery is always an option, right? He's like, yeah. And I was like, well, how do you feel if I try physical therapy first rather than go to surgery? He's like, I absolutely think that's the right thing to do. So I appreciated that, that it's like... And with yeah. your first knee, he didn't even order an MRI because mm-hmm. he... He already knew we needed to have surgery. He had lost mobility, yeah. so he knew he needed to do surgery in some regard, and he's an old an old surgeon in the... Not in the sense that he's physically old, but he's been doing this for ages. Yeah. And so he was, he trusted his, once I get in there, I'll be able to do what I need to do. Yeah. So that was kind of, so I appreciated the fact that he was like, hey, I think it's best that you don't do surgery right away. Which I appreciate too, because you don't do well with anesthesia. No, and honestly, I've been, it's still, I feel like it's still healing to some extent, but 
Um, it also doesn't really, I've changed how I do some things, you know, I don't ski nearly as hard anymore just cause it kind of hurts, but. No. So I'm going to switch subjects a little bit. Mm-hmm. We, I just finished my hot chocolate and this is a powder recipe that I got from a gal that I've started following on Instagram. Her handle is this pilgrim life on Instagram. And it's, I use organic whole milk, which I had to order from walmart.com to get organic whole milk at even remotely a decent price. It's the Horizon Organics brand. Do you like, do you like calling it hot chocolate or hot cocoa? I go either way. I feel like I use them interchangeably and I use both of them. Do you have a preference? I, no, Hmm. no. What about you guys out there in, uh. You guys listening to us right now, do you have a preference? Hot chocolate or hot cocoa? I tend to call it hot cocoa, and I'm not sure why. What did I just call it? I don't remember. I don't either. But I was writing down, the only reason it comes up with is I was writing down show notes, so I know what to put in the show later. I think I call it hot chocolate the most. Okay. Maybe it's kind of like a pop versus soda thing. I Depending on, like, geographically, depending on where you are in the United States. Pop soda or Coke. If you're in the South, everything's a Coke, right? Yeah. I don't know. So anyway, mm, okay. I think I say hot chocolate. Uh, this recipe has coconut sugar, so it doesn't have normal sugar even in it, which I appreciated. And she uses cinnamon in hers, which I did in the first batch, and a couple kids didn't seem to love it. But cinnamon actually helps your blood sugar. So I was thinking that giving kids sugar plus that. And what else does she add? She uses arrowroot powder as a bit of a thickener. Hmm. So it feels a little bit creamier and raw cacao powder is what I use. So it's really good whole ingredients and it's a powder. So it's really easy on our ski mornings to put a couple of tablespoons of this, add some instant hot, hot water and Make shake, shake it, shake it up. And the, um, I miss, I like the thickness of a good hot chocolate. Of I like a, the made with whole milk. Yeah. I like that creaminess. And I, I remember being in India, um, I can't remember if you were with me on that trip or not. We went to Allahabad. And everywhere I went, they made a chai tea that was just phenomenal. And I've never been able to uh, replicate it in the States. I just can't find it. And so every time I'm like chai, I'm like, ah, it's too watery. It doesn't have the right flavor. Yeah. Well, you could try to make it at home. But real good chai is a lot of work. From So anyway, I'm going to send you the recipe to share this with people. Because okay. there's a zillion homemade hot chocolate links out there and a lot of them I don't care for or this is one place where Mel's Kitchen Cafe she has a hot chocolate recipe that she swears by and she grinds up white chocolate chips in the mix and she says it adds this special creaminess and that's the one that our kids barely touched when I made it for our summer travels they barely they they didn't really care for it and then when it cools down a little bit the white chocolate congeals and makes it a weird texture oh. and she sweetens it with powdered sugar which I don't have anything against powdered sugar it's the only thing to use in frosting and cinnamon roll mm-hmm. frosting as well as cake frosting but but to use uh, organic sugar or coconut sugar in this is my preference so anyway I'm going to share that link and then this gal this pilgrim life also has a pizza recipe a pizza dough recipe and 
that's what I used when I made those roll-ups where I put the pepperoni and the oh, cheese stick. Oh, those are so good. I use the... There's this thing on Pinterest, you guys, where you get just either piece of dough from a can or biscuit dough from a can or crescent crescent roll dough mm. from a can. And you just roll up a cheese stick and some pepperoni in it, and then you dip it in marinara sauce. And this gal, that the one that I followed, her recipe, she packs, she serves them warm with marinara, but she also packs them cold in lunches for her kids. And again, kids are funny. I think three quarters of our kids absolutely loved it when I made them for lunch. And one kid picked it apart and said she didn't like the cheese and she didn't like the pepperoni. And I don't like the bread and I don't like the dipping sauce. Okay, you Isn't just picked, really? literally picked the entire thing apart, both verbally and physically, and now nobody else can eat it because you've mutilated it. But <laughs> it's nice to be able to to say like three quarters or seventy five percent of our kids, and actually have it a true seventy five percent. Yeah. <laughs> yes, nerd, a true three quarters. Um, so anyway, this the this Pilgrim Life gal, she has this recipe that uses yeast, and usually my pizza dough. I do sourdough, mm-hmm. and it's a really wet dough. It's too wet to do roll-up sort of things with this, but it was a great one, and I have done pizza with it at the last minute when I decided. I, I think it's going to be my go-to last minute if I'm like, well, we're having pizza for dinner, and it's 5 o'clock. I'm going to uh, make that happen. Cool. I'm going to use hers. I so. like it. And one more recipe to throw out to people a couple weeks ago, I said that Titus had a cookie recipe that he was mm-hmm. making, and it was great and easy because you use melted butter and you mix everything together just with a spatula. And it makes, for our family, it was basically enough. You do it in one big giant cookie on, uh, for me, it was parchment, parchment paper. And she has a very similar recipe that's cookie bars. So again, you melt the butter, and in this case, she says you can, if you want to do the extra, spend the extra time, brown the butter, which makes it have that awesome kind of caramely flavor. Brown the butter or just melt the butter and then mix the sugar and the egg and egg yolk in and then mix the dry ingredients in. And it's so fast. I struggle with the idea of getting a mixer out because I've now made this recipe. So we made it for dessert one night. And then I brought it to a, a homeschool outing the next day. So that was two batches. And then I just today made a double batch for a small group dinner that we have today. So I've made four batches at today's Wednesday since Monday. <laughs> and, and it's I took, you sent me with two squares yesterday to take to Stephen and Marshall, who I, whom I was meeting in um, Bozeman to do the planing for the wood. Marshall disappeared. He had to do some welding on a railing. Oh, or so you yesterday. and Stephen so ate them? Stephen ate. I gave one bag to Stephen and fully intended to give the other bag to Stephen, who was going to join Marshall when we were done having lunch. And um, if you guys don't know Stephen, he's one of the hosts and founders of the Whiskey Bench podcast. If you're into some more heady millennial takes on. All the things. Politics <clears throat> and libations. Li- politics and libations for the most, yeah. So anyway, um, he, uh, so we were having, and I meant to give them to him after we had lunch to together. To take them to Marshall. To take to Marshall. And I was driving down the interstate and I looked down and there's the bag of two cookie bars. <laughs> oh, so of course shoot. I ate them. And they're nice because they're not, they're, they're bars. So it's very easy to make them. You just spread them in the pan. But they don't crumble 
like some bars do. Mm-hmm. They're not cakey. They're very dense and moist and kind of fudgy. Mm. And they don't. And they came out of the oven just like perfect. That little bit of crisp mel- on and the top, melted chocolate. Kind of like oh. And they have coconut in them. That's the thing that makes these different <laughs> from the the cookie that I mentioned a couple weeks ago. They have shredded coconut in them. But they're. I'm hoping that they'll be a great thing to take to a large group dinner like we have tonight because kids can just grab them. And they hopefully won't just fall all over the place. They'll stay together enough for a kid to eat them. So anyway, recipes to throw out there for you guys. I think that's all the recipes I had on my list. Uh, I had a conversation with the kids today about prayer. Because I paused them in the middle of the day to remember that our, our judo instructor slash friend who is a car dealer, was going to be at an auction, and you had said, look for a Toyota Tundra for me. And we... I don't think we've talked about truck shopping on the podcast so far. You guys, trucks are (laughs) crazy, painfully expensive. And cars are in general, right? Inflation and all of the shortage, supply chain issues and shortages and stuff. But the... I am shocked to see... We have a Toyota Sequoia, which I absolutely love and don't intend to ever sell. And it is a Same. 2014. And there are 2014 Sequoias for sale on Facebook Marketplace and in dealerships for almost the same amount as we paid for it six years ago. We bought it. No. When was Faith born? No, 18. we didn't buy it six. We bought it. We bought it with Faith four years ago. Yeah, four we bought it the year Faith was born. <laughs> So four years ago, because of all of the things related to car prices, we could sell it for almost the same price as we bought it. Likewise, with your truck, which we bought (laughs) right after Elise was born, the amount of money... I'm getting well over half of what I paid for it new eight years later. Yeah. Unfortunately, why why are we replacing it? Okay, so... Long, it's not a long story. I bought an extended warranty for, I think, three grand when I first bought the truck. And the warranty goes eight years, 108,000 miles. Over the course of the life of the truck, that warranty has paid for itself at least four times. So any given, about every other year, it's about two to three grand just to keep the truck running or replace something catastrophic that's failing on it. And I just don't want to deal with that anymore. We had the Forerunner, which was awesome. Um, was only ever in the shop for a frozen brake light switch. We were, um, and we've had the Sequoia, which has had no, but never been in the just shop. Just routine maintenance. For routine maintenance. And brake, well, brakes, is that and routine so, maintenance? That's routine maintenance. Okay. And so they just last, but I did the brakes because they're so stinking easy. Um, it took longer to get the wheel off and on than it did actually change the brakes. I've never seen anything quite so amazing. But so they just last and they just hold up and they, they're reliable. And so I'm kind of just looking for another, for one of those, but I'm not in Before any, the warranty runs out in a few months. Yeah. So I'm not in any, forward. I'm not in any rush. My dad's cousin has one that I really want, but he moves really, really slow. So we'll see where that goes. I'm going to sell mine. Um, I was planning on unloading it today, but my buddy's going to, I'll probably meet up with him tomorrow. And the guy who owns a car dealership, he's going to buy it off of me. And what's nice about him is he'll give me a fair price. He won't try to dicker me or lowball me on a on a valuation. He's like, here's what they're going for, et cetera. Where do you want to meet? So 
we made. And it's also <clears> nice because <throat> then he does all the things for us. Right. So anyway, funny enough, um, Ty picked me up today in that emergency situation when I can't drive the van, I'm covered in diesel and I need a part, right? So he picks me up and we were talking a little bit about it. He goes, do you think this is how, how, how people become cheapskates? Just like inflation, just like, oh, I'm not paying for that. That's too much money for that. And so they just don't. And I'm like, oh, I'm absolutely getting that way (laughs) as I get older. He's like, oh, me too. You know, when you, and you look at like, what did it cost for a car when our dads were buying cars back in the day? Oh, man. Can you imagine how hard it is like to swallow the price of a car now? Like, it's just got to be, there's got to be that tipping point. Like, I'm not paying. Do you remember, do you remember when candy bars were 50 cents for the big ones? Yep. It's shocking to me how expensive candy like bars are these 50, days. Two bucks, two and a half bucks now yeah, for a candy bar. Yeah, I'm it's dating like movie myself. Theater, movie theater prices. But oh every, gosh. but everywhere you look. I mean, I remember paying when I was in high school. I remember paying less than a dollar a gallon for gas. You know, I don't remember that. I do. I always remember amazing. low dollars. So it was kind of funny that Ty was like, do you think yeah. "This is how people become like cheapskate, crotchety old cheapskate man." I'm like, "Uh huh, it's happening to me." <laughs> Yeah, but I, so I remember that you had mentioned that Dave was going to be at the auction today. Oh, yeah. And I was like, you know what, kids, let's just pray that maybe God lets him find exactly the truck that a Toyota Tundra is the truck that you want. And it would be ideal if it was within the same price range as what you're going to sell the Ford for. And or less, way less, or less, <laughs> or and and would ideally not be trashed and not have been smoked in, and ideally would be able to seat six of us, which is really rare to get a truck that has a bench. I'm in looking the front. for a unicorn, guys. And well, they exist. They, they just do. are really expensive, or they sell really fast. And so anyway, so I sat the kids down, and I was like, "Do you guys? Why do we even pray in the first place? Let's have a review." We did the Lord's Prayer all summer. Why do we pray? Total crickets. What? Why do we pray? And then one of them goes, to glorify God. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yes. Yes. God tells us to pray. Why does God tell us to pray? No, no idea. Do you think, do you think the kids is, because I know we've gone over this a gazillion time with the kids. Do you remember the conversation last episode or the episode before about kids forgetting and saying, I love you? Yes, that's Christopher, you won. Do you think, do you think it's the same with everything we're teaching them that we have to teach them over and over and over again because they forget? Yes, I absolutely do. And I, it, it struck me, it, it wasn't that long ago that we reviewed this stuff every single week all summer when we went through the Lord's Prayer with a Bible study group in our home. And here we are in February, it's now February, and they're just looking at me with blanks, blank faces. And I, it, I was convicted because I think I take for granted, I feel like we have gospel conversations with our kids a lot. But I take for granted how much is sticking. <laughs> mm. And it, it's not just them. I mean, how much of your random, well, geography trivia do you remember from your third grade quizzes? 
you know, the the amount of random, which is why that game show, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader, took off so much. Because fifth graders study all of this stuff that we don't need to know on a daily basis. And our brains are getting dumber because it's all at our finger, you know, at our fingertips through our phones. So we don't have to actually exercise our brains and memorizing things. And I'm 100% guilty of this myself. But... But I was convicted that I assume that because I've covered a topic with my kids that they know it. And on something as important as prayer, I still... And then I was like, wait, can I describe this well to my kids? Oh, I should have studied up on this before I sat them down and started (laughs) lecturing them on this. Why do we pray? Let's talk about the Lord's Prayer so I can think this through while I lecture you on... But... But, you know, the when we so we did, we kind of walked through the Lord's Prayer. What do we mean when we pray our Father in heaven? Does your dad give you donuts every time you ask for them? Well, no. But do you keep asking for them because he's your dad and you know that he delights to give you good things? Mm -hmm. So does is God necessarily going to deliver the exact Toyota Tundra that we want at the price we want just because we sit down right now and pray for it? No. But do we ask anything anyway, because we have a good God who asks us to come to him with our needs and who delights in responding to our needs in his wisdom and in, in his big picture plan. Yes, we come to him and ask him for what we need. We also come to him and ask him for what we want. And Lily's like, I need a bunny. <laughs> you don't need. Well, actually, Titus. Titus is the one. We had a we had a homeschool group. We divided our bigger adventure club into small groups and went in homes and did show and tell, which is the covert way of saying we helped our kids practice their public speaking skills in front of small, safe groups of friends. And Elise still, she's our seven year old, you guys, and she. She is such an interesting character. She hates having people looking at her. And she dissolved into tears when it was her turn to do show and tell. And it was literally getting up and talking about a stuffed dog that your mom, that Grammy had bought her. And I, we talked about all the questions I was going to ask her. I was going to interview her, not mm-hmm. even have her just stand up and talk. Yeah. So ask her quite. Yeah. I'm going to ask you, well, what is this? What do you call it? Where did you get it? Who gave it to you? What kind of dog is it? What do these dogs do in real life? Do you know anyone with a German Shepherd dog? And then you say, does anyone have any questions? And she, I had to say, you, if you don't summon the self-control and the courage to get up there, you're going to have a consequence when we get home. I'm not sure what it will be, but you're going to have a consequence because at this point there's you have to overcome your fear and just get up there and I will help you in all the things. But anyway, where was I going with this? Prayer. Yeah. What about prayer? Sure, we tell the interesting things that. Oh, Lily wanted. So three kids in the group we were at had live bunnies for their oh, show. And, tell. <laughs> and Lily got to hold them, including a baby bunny. And it was just uh... precious as the day is long. And she really wants a pet bunny now. And she's like, I'm going to ask daddy for a bunny because I need a bunny. And I was like, so that's where the wisdom of your parent comes in is your parent knows what you really need and what you want. And God is much wiser than your earthly parents. And he's also much better. And when you we go to him, he's always 
inclined with mercy and grace, unlike your parents, who sometimes don't respond real well when you don't come with asking with the right attitude. And so this like morning, that. this morning I met my Wednesday Bible study uh, book study, loosely Bible study. We're going through uh, J. Gresham Machen's Unseen Things still, which is a series of radio addresses, theological radio addresses from the, the late 30s. And we were talking about, we read um, the decrees about the decrees of God today. And I, when we started talking about it, I'm like, I, I spent the entire time reading this chapter, like, having a hard time comprehending anything about God. <laughs> like, just the fact that he does everything, everything. So if we're driven by motives... And we make decisions based on things happening around us or things we want or desires or all that stuff. God's confined by his nature to mercy, justice, love, kindness, goodness, or holiness, holiness. Goodness, justice, and truth. Thank you. Um, He's confined by those things when he does, when he, when he does what he does. And my brain can't even wrap around that concept. And just all of it, all at once. And so I was like, I spent the whole chapter just trying. Like, my brain started to feel a little bit like mush. Like I can't even comprehend what. Like, you're. I know. Like I'm reading this right now, but my there's cannot compute. Like I can't even grasp. You know the whole. So it was just kind of funny. Like I feel the same way about. You know. Prayer. Talking about yeah, talking about. Yeah, be and, and, it. So we're reading, that makes me think of, we're reading the book Twice Read by Patricia St. Patricia John. And it's mm-hmm. a fictionalized, her imagining what the story in the background between Philemon and Onesimus was. And she builds this whole novel out of it. And in this chapter we just read today, it, Onesimus's sinfulness, because according to the fictionalized story... Philemon and his son become believers and Onesimus hates and resents them for being slave owners and he Mm -hmm. is a slave to them and he won't become a believer. And then the son is injured and this might be a spoiler for people who randomly might end up reading this in the future. But but it says that Philemon struggled with the idea the son wanted to go see the Apostle Paul as he's coming through a port town close to where they live. And Philemon is wrestling with, I, I don't want to take my son to see Paul because my son believes that Paul could heal him because they're hearing stories of Paul and Peter laying hands on, on people who are injured or lame and they're healed and the son desperately wants to go see Paul. And the dad's like, what if I don't have enough faith mm. for God to heal my son? And I think, you know... It, that is a struggle for me in praying for people for healing mm-hmm. and in praying for all sorts of things is the prayer of a righteous man is effective and, you know, pray in faith. And yeah, I don't want to be a, a, a Bethel. We're going to pray for this dead girl to be who raised from life to yeah. be raised. And we're going to have 24 hour prayer meetings for six days straight and post on Instagram every day. The fourth day is a great day for a resurrection when everyone watching knows your daughter is dead. I don't know if you guys remember this a couple of years ago. I think her name was Olive, this little girl who was the daughter of 
uh, like a worship pastor in the Bethel movement died and they prayed for seven days straight for her to, and she was literally in a drawer in the morgue and they finally came to the conclusion that this was not God's will and God had healed her in his own way and she's in heaven, which everyone else on the outside knew (laughs) a long time ago. Not that, not that God couldn't, but that's Mm -hmm. not how God's working right now in our world. But But at the same time, if someone has what to us appears to be a catastrophic health issue, I struggle tremendously with what exactly do we pray for that person? And do we, how do we not make promises on God's behalf about what God is going to do in that person's life? And how do we not imply that if you, if you're not healed, it's because you don't have enough faith, but we're supposed to pray in faith, but we also pray knowing that God doesn't, he, he does miraculously heal people. I hear of people who had all sorts of tumors and then they go in for a scan and the tumors are all gone. And I feel like I know people firsthand that this has happened to, say, but I can't think of anybody. And when you say pray in faith, all I hear is, my name is Faith. I, yes, which is what our three-year-old does every single time we read about the word faith in the Bible now. I'm faith. Even at, even at church, I'm faith. I know. My name's faith. I feel like our friends Joe and Julie, Joe listens to us. Mm-hmm. I remember when Grace, their yeah. oldest, went through that yeah. phase, phase. Every single time the pastor would say Grace, she'd snap her head at him. He's talking about me. Shh. I, no. No. Anyway, yes. <laughs> I my struggle with prayer, I think right now, and I, I I do this like especially when we when we go to when we go to bed at night because you know I I try to when we do our family prayers if typically we it just gets so late we don't really want to spend time having all the kids pray and so I just I pray, but I try to make it a point to pray let my prayers be an example of how we should pray mm-hmm. and that means. Praying that God will be with us even in the even small things in life or whatever those little small things in are, you know, praying for our day and that God will give us, you know, discipline with our tasks and everything else. And I look at my day and I'm like, I'm going to be working on a music track and working on a van and it feels really dumb to be asking God for help with those two things. You should homeschool the kids <laughs> because like, I need help mm-hmm. desperately all the time. I can't. I can't ever do everything that you do. You're so smart and you capable. You could for sure sit across the table while your seven year old freaks out about the word <clears throat> "shut," even though she knows I did all the try sounds. to teach my son guitar, and you went and replaced me with a computer program. So there was that. Because you weren't keeping track of him, you gave him a couple notes. So I like, had to learn. I was sent away. I learned my things. I was sent away to practice, and then I came back once a week, and <clears throat> there we go. You, you know? can keep teaching him. He doesn't want to. He'd rather do the program. <laughs> I'm doing what I can with the very few skills music-wise I have. By the way, you guys, this computer program is an iPad app called Simply Guitar, and I've talked about the app that we used before, which was called Piano Maestro, which is its own... I don't know. I asked, actually communicated with their support account for a while. And they also run, if you're on YouTube a lot like we are, and you get ads for Simply Piano a lot, Simply Piano and Simply Guitar are related. And it's $150 a year. And if you subscribe 
It doesn't go the other way, but if you subscribe to Simply P- Simply Guitar, you get Simply Piano and Piano Maestro included in the subscription. So Lily, who has been doing Piano Maestro for a year now, is continuing with that, and it's included in the guitar app. And Titus likes Simply Piano more than he liked Piano Maestro, so he's now doing Simply Guitar and Simply Piano. And, I mean, I admire and appreciate live music teachers, but for what I'm able to manage time-wise and energy-wise in terms of monitoring practice and things Mm -hmm. like that. Well, and that's part of the struggle, because every time for the three weeks that we were working through what I gave him, which was super simple, like memorize the notes, here's three chords to practice, work on rounding your fingers and fingering and that sort of thing. You know, over three weeks, he never picked up the guitar. He did. Yeah, he did. He would come down down here. He would come down here for like three minutes and be like, okay, I did my guitar for the day. And I was like, I don't know what you're doing. I can't monitor. I don't know what your dad taught you to do. I can't evaluate it. And so the... Yeah, so that was... So then we'd sit down and he... Like, we're back to square one. Like, I can't move you forward right now without getting these fun. But you also got the once a week thing when you were a teenager, uh-huh. not when you were well, 11. Well, no, when I was 11, I was doing piano lessons once a week with a teacher. And then your mom I had probably to monitored your Sort practices. of. She finally gave up, and I had to suffer the embarrassment of going to class not having practiced. Which drives me nuts because I'm cheap and I hate not getting my money's worth. And that was the first couple times we did that. That was my mom listens to the show. She's probably got a different take on the whole thing. But I feel like that was embarrassing enough for me to kind of start getting my act together a little bit. We did back when we had Trudy for piano lessons. There was at least once when I made Titus apologize to her for wasting her time for yeah. not practicing. There's There was a whole season of my life that I would just go to things unprepared, though. Like, I just didn't... I don't know if I didn't like them, or it was just a lot of effort, or what the deal was. But that's just mm-hmm. the way I did. You know. Well, our kids like doing music with the app, because it's an excuse for screen time also. I like... But I also... I like them using the... I like them at minimum... I like them getting exposure with different instruments. Like, because Titus, up until this last time, has had no interest really in picking up the guitar. Mm -hmm. And now he's like, I kind of want to like pick it up. So now he's getting a feel for it, getting his feet wet. This is what it is. This is what it's Mm -hmm. like, which I think is good. And that's something that Holmes, I was talking to my friend about it. And I was like, how did your son end up becoming like a college cellist? Like, he's a great cellist. He's a goes, high school band. You know, like and you learn an instrument, and he's like, "Well, that looks interesting." Yeah, fell in love with it. Yeah, and we I don't know. have—I don't have the opportunity to introduce my kids to all the woodwinds and the stringed instruments and all the good brass instruments and all the things that you would normally have in a band context at a school where they can just try something. Yeah, out. I mean, yeah. granted, he get the kids come down and like to play with neat things like my synthesizers, but that. I have to explain to them how some of that stuff works, and it kind of goes over their head. But it's now that just they've had, them playing with that. But stuff. now they've There's had just with, them pushing buttons. Yeah, I know. And having, but having them the 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 foundation of even the piano gives me some some bridges to cross, even when it comes to like synthesizers and how that works, because yeah. it's still based on a musical scale. Everything's based on a musical scale. So well. anyway, I yeah. All that to say is my struggle is praying for the incons- the things that feel inconsequential in my life. You know, and my a lot struggle of, is lot, praying like in daily. faith <laughs> that 
when I ask God for something, I tend to be, and this is the the negative caricature of of Reformed theology in general, right? That, well, what God planned, God planned, and it doesn't really matter what I pray. It doesn't matter if I evangelize, because if God is going to call someone to himself, he's going to do it with or without me. So I'm just going to sit back and let God be God. Well, mine's mine's kind of the opposite end of that opposite side of that coin because you, I could say mine's a, a lack in faith in God that God cares about this the small yeah. mundane things of our lives, and I firmly believe He does. Which is funny because when I say I'm going to sit back and let God be God, then I jump in and try to manipulate situations and control things in my own power all day long. <laughs> so I'm not actually <laughs> letting God be God. I'm just using that as an ex- as a lazy excuse to not engage Him. And wrestle with God in prayer, which I didn't bring this out to the kids as much as I should have, but prayer is as much a relationship and a shaping of our hearts because of mm-hmm. engaging relationally with our Heavenly Father as it is actually getting, I mean, it's more that than getting what we want, but it's it's even more than that. It's so much more than just asking God for things. It's building a relationship with somebody who cares about us and who want, wants what's best for us and wants to shape our hearts in the best way. And that is, which is why when the initial answer was to glorify God, it was like, well, yes, but not, that's yeah. just not the easy pat answer. It's a much deeper way of understanding what it means to glorify God because you're digging in and engaging him. And then after all of the, I mean, the ultimate example, right, is Jesus literally wrestling it out with God so much in the Garden of Gethsemane that he's bleeding sweat. His sweat is drops of blood. And and then at the end of the day, he says, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. It's so funny how, like the dichotomy of human life with God, right? I'll go from one minute from... Like today, cursing my problem, you know, swearing up to no end, frustrated, angry. Never once do I ask God for help in any seriousness, you know. And then when I get some, when I like find my wallet, I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus, I found my wallet, or I'm super grateful because I'm like, oh, that's that's all you've got, you know. You you made my life better, made my life easier. But then right. if my life is in stress or difficult, I'm like, I don't even think about it. You know, it's just like, uh, I hate it. Yes. What is it that Paul says? Wretched person that I am who will free me from this body of death. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the truth. Okay, guys, um, we're at 50 some odd minutes, so I think we're, we could keep going, but we also have to prep for going to our small group dinner here and I want to get the show up. It'd be nice to get the show up before we go. So, um, and I have to cut up a double batch of coconut oatmeal cookie bars and i'll eat one before we go the good news is if you do want to continue the conversation with us or on any of these topics you can jump on a telegram uh, group and i'll include the link in the show notes it's a private group you can only get to it through the link so the link will be in the show notes you can join and the conversation yes there's feedback on what we talk about in the show but then there's a lot of other stuff that just comes up that's fun to talk about um, ranging from I mean ranging the whole gamut and you get to meet other listeners of the show super fun we probably won't get censored there which would be kind of nice um, anyway that'll be in the show notes I don't 
Molly listed three recipes. We'll include those in the show notes. Um, other than that, I don't think there was any like major. Did we talk about any books or TV shows or anything? I don't think like we that? did this time. No, we didn't do that. We spitballed so talking about prayer. We didn't even yeah, talk about any so resources. Um, the Bible. Tim Keller has a really good book on prayer. If you do want to dive into uh, that, and what were we going through this summer? We were we were using the Westminster Shorter Catechism on prayer, and then we yeah. were using the Training Hearts and Minds. Even if you're not quote unquote reformed, or you're not a full confessionalist, or whatever you want to call it, like I, there's degrees of those people. Um, the Westminster Confession has some great uh, summaries of some of these topics. So it really it dives into the Lord's prayer and breaks it down into pieces. And it's a, just a fantastic. And we use the training hearts, tool. teaching hearts, training minds. Yeah. Book Alongside for scripture it. references to process. Yeah. yeah. That was some good stuff. I'll include those links in the notes just for your own personal uh, benefit. And um, if you do want to send us a note, you can either do that in the telegram group. You can jump on our website at too busy to flush.com or TB the number 2f.com tb2f.com send us a postcard through our website you can send us an email at tb2f at pm.me um, and while you're on the website you know swing over to the swag shack get yourself a mug or a shirt let people know you're weird and hard we didn't talk too much about being weird and hard today but it's kind of a personal family motto we did mention it actually at the beginning I said too much. Oh. Um, you can follow us on Instagram. We don't post much. Molly mostly posts stories on Instagram. I'm there, but I don't, you know, it's not really super, but we are on Instagram at too busy to flush. All grammatically correct. So I think that's about it for this week's show. Um, again, thank you for joining us. If this was your first episode with us, we hope you had a enjoyable time hanging out and um, listening to us. Uh, ramble. We know your time is valuable. We know you're busy. You guys have busy lives. Many of you are too busy to flush. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't resist. That's all I got. I don't have anything else either. You're not going to let me say anything else, so I won't try. I'm hoping for you to close the show. See you oh, next week. Oh, see you guys next week. <laughs>